Good morning, people. My name is Favor Ekberi, a lead researcher in social sciences, one who is passionate about providing solutions to societal problems through careful research in the area of business, finance, and accounting. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the first episode of Research O'Clock Podcasts. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm super excited to be here with you this morning. Guys, writing a research paper is one of the most challenging tasks in student life. We just have to tell ourselves the truth. When it has to do with assignments, you can sit comfortably in your room, review lecture notes, Google search, pick formula, calculate, submit, and you have your good grades. But if it is academic research, it requires deliberate effort, careful processes that need to be followed, and a great deal of passion. Now, what you do in your room, trying to puncture information elicited from questionnaire, fake questionnaires, it's not academic research. What you do at the e-library, trying to falsify data just to arrive at one unverifiable result, it's not academic writing either. It is my goal this morning to guide you through those basic step-by-step processes you need to know and follow before you carry out any academic research task. First things first. Number one, you need to develop passion for academic research. Keyword, develop. This is because it's not inherent. The beautiful researchers we see today who has contributed immensely to societal development through their careful research made deliberate attempts and efforts to get to the point where they are. There are 1,001 problems in society today that need to be solved. There are lots of questions on the minds of people, including yours, yearning to be answered. This is the reason why we engage in academic research. I mean, if there's no problem in the society, then there's no need for research. If you can't spot any problem in the society, then you can develop passion for academic research. And if you don't have passion for academic research, you can't take the necessary steps it takes to conduct a genuine academic research. So you end up falsifying results because you don't have passion for it, because you don't see any problem. This is the basic. Develop passion for academic research. Number two, identify your interest areas. This is very important. However, you will notice that I highlighted the need to develop passion for academic research generally in my first point. This is because... I've seen um, research experts train on the needs to develop passion for your interest area and all that. I feel, first of all, 
you need to develop, you need to have passion for academic research generally, whether it's your interest area or not your interest area. So that when you are given topics that are not within your interest areas, you can still find your way around it without falsifying results. Because you know the purpose is one, to solve a problem, to answer a question, to give relevance to a contemporary issue. So going forward, find your interest area. Do you have a problem that gets your attention in your field of study? Do you have a contemporary issue that you really want to bring relevance to? Do you have a question that you've asked yourself over time or you've seen people yearn to get answers to that particular question and you feel you are interested in this area? Find your interest area. It could be broad. In fact, it is broad at first it is broad at first broad like auditing broad like political instability economic growth those are broad areas right those are broad areas now to help you even with um, finding your interest area you could do this through the process of brainstorming. That quiet moment, brainstorming, mind mapping, and just do a free thinking. It could also help you. You'll be able to find, initiate ideas, original ideas that are beyond the paper. You'll be able to connect the dots later. Now, when you're actually brainstorming, it might not really look organized. But just have a pen and paper beside you. Write whatever comes to your mind. Keep writing. Then later on, you could connect the dots. And you'll notice that the truth is, most ideas that are bettered in the place of uh, brainstorming, the process of brainstorming are actually original. Like, they actually, most times, the ideas that bet innovations and solve serious problems in the society that have been delayed for years. Right? So that's why you really want to um, get skilled in the art of brainstorming. So this could help you identify your interest area. When you've identified that broad interest area, you need to niche it down. Niche down to now uh, point out specific interest areas from that broad view. Now, if your broad interest area is auditing, Specific interest areas could be the credibility of audit evidence in relation to organizational groups. Another um, specific interest area could be the role of internal auditors 
in the organization that you are trying to bring out specific interest areas that you will be interested in. Now, another area could be the transparency of um, auditing in the public sector organizations. Right? So now I'm trying to bring out different areas. If your broad interest area is political instability, now your specific interest area could be political instability. It could be looking at the reasons, the prospects, the impact of political instability on economic growth. It could bring it down to the causes of political instability or a review of trends for years, for a period of maybe 10 or 15 years as regards political instability. It could be an overview. Now you're trying to niche down this broad interest area into specific points. If you're doing a work on domestic violence, niche down to specific interest areas. We're looking at the impact of domestic violence on children. You're giving it meaning. Or are we looking at the causes of domestic violence? Different specific interest areas you can find from broad interest areas but this happens in the process of brainstorming that's why they need to brainstorm they need to create time to do a thorough thinking cannot be overemphasized number three you need to do a background study on the list of interest areas that you've highlighted you really want to do this to be able to identify the research gap. This will help you know the unexplored aspect of this interest area before you can choose a topic from it. You need to do a background study on this interest area to be able to find the importance of conducting a research in that area. Is it really worth it? Is this area still important? Is it still an existing problem? Now, with the recommendations from this particular research I'm proposing to go into, is it really going to be important to this sector, this country, this people group? Is it still needful? Now, this is what doing a background study will help you answer. It will also help you ascertain the availability of literature in that particular interest area. Truth is, you wouldn't want to do something that is too new or overly done. But you wouldn't know until you do a background study. You'll be able to find out the availability of literature in that particular area. Now, aside that, a background study will also help you find out the data required, the data requirements 
of conducting a research in that interest area. Apart from that, you will be able to know the accessibility of this data requirement. Now, this is highly important for secondary data research works. This is because for this nature of research, the data, the information required is usually in secured places, which could be government sites, company official documents that are locked up in company uh, data room, and lots of other secured places. Now, you, you really want to know if I can assess this information that is needed for my research. Like, are there procedures? Are there qualifications? Do I meet them? Now, let me also help you with how to identify a research gap when you pick a research paper. You don't need to read everything in that research paper. There are three sessions that are very important to me. First is the statement of problem session. You see, that session is one of the most important sessions of any research paper. This is where the researcher or author pause, you know, pours out um, his or her heart intentions and um, actually tells you the problems that stirred the need for that particular research. When you look at this session, you will be able to review the recommendations that the researcher made at the later end of the paper. You will know the outstanding problems. You will know those problems that were not explored in that particular research paper. That is a research gap. Yes, that is a research gap. Another session is the FRAIN session or the FRR session. That's FRAIN is actually an acronym for further research is needed. Or FRR is an acronym for further research recommendations. It's usually at the letter end of every research paper where the researcher is actually telling the readers that I've done a careful study on this particular topic. However, I still feel other researchers might need to explore these other aspects. This, these are clear research gaps you could look at. So this session of the research paper will also give you more research gaps. Now, another session that most times uh, is also on the mind is um, the reference session. The reference session helps you um, know other research um, papers and related articles that you can find research gaps. You might not necessarily see the research gap on the reference session, but it is a guide. So instead of going to the internet and just searching without any specifications, when I mean specification, I'm looking at author or journal. The reference session of that current um, research paper or journal article you are reviewing, which is in line with that interest area you're looking at, Go to the reference session. It, it will also point you to similar 
or related articles in that topic. Number four, find out your institution's requirements. Talking about this is of greater sense because I've seen cases where students just pick topics and they go ahead to start getting materials for them without passing through this process. Now, this goes beyond generally your institution's requirement. You need to look at your faculty requirements, your departmental requirements, down to what your supervisor wants. Now, these requirements include topic restrictions. Now, are there topic restrictions for your faculty or department? Or are you just allowed to choose any topic? Are there data requirements? for your faculty or from your supervisor does your supervisor prefer primary secondary or both now you need to know this because if your faculty majorly allows secondary data requirements and you bring a research work or topic that is primary data centered then definitely it will not go through you also need to find out the research methodology pattern of your faculty or institution. Do they prefer qualitative research or they prefer quantitative or mixed? These are information you need to find out. Now, also make inquiries about the ethical requirements. By this, I mean, are there topics that before you can research on them, you need to get clearance. Are there contemporary issues that you shouldn't talk about? Ask questions. This is, a, this is related to your department or your supervisor's um, 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 preferences. Now you need to find out this information. So, I'm sure these four points will help you know the rules of the game before you play it. You develop passion for academic research, identify your interest areas from broad to specific, do a background study on these specific interest areas to be able to find the unexplored aspects, the research gap, availability of literature in these areas, the importance, data accessibility, and all that. Then you go further to check your institution's requirements. And I'm sure you'll find one research topic that resonates with your passion. When you do this, then you are ready to conduct a genuine academic research.